This is Shifting Our Schools episode 61, LMS tips and tricks to start the new year off right. If you're looking to create an engaging and effective one-on-one classroom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to our podcast. Always great to know that we have listeners. Uh, It's really cool. I was just looking at our stats. We're now averaging over 250 downloads per episode. So it's so cool to know that our message is spreading. And thank you, our listeners, for continuing to talk about Shifting Our Schools with your colleagues and friends. And I think you're really going to enjoy uh, today's episode full of tips and tricks to help you get this school year started right with your learning management system or LMS as we like to call it. Again, all summer long, we're focused on the one-to-one classroom uh, and what we are calling our one-to-one summer of fun. I hope you're having a great summer so far. Uh, Here in Seattle, the weather has finally changed. As my wife says, she loves days that has an eight in front of it, meaning we're hitting 80 degrees uh, here. It's been beautiful. Uh, We've been working out outdoors. Uh, My wife and I just got back from a three-day camping trip where we were completely off the grid for uh, three days. It was fantastic. Uh, Built a fence in our backyard. Just doing all those summer projects that we put off all school year long. So we're enjoying it. Hope you're enjoying your summer wherever you're tuning in from uh, or winter if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. I know Chrissy Hellyer, uh, one of our colleagues from Eduro Learning, is uh, getting in the middle of winter right now, so it's not fun for her. But uh, hopefully you're enjoying your summer or your, your break wherever you are. This week, we have a freebie, and because our website is back up and rocking and rolling, we've made the move over to Amazon Web Services. Uh, it's faster, uh, more robust. We're really excited. You've got to check out edurolearning.com. But we have our freebie this week, and here you go. This week's freebie is our 10 hidden features of Google Docs that every student should know about. It's a great PDF, a great thing to have for the new school year if you're starting in your one-to-one classroom. Of Here are all just some little hidden tips and tricks that kids need to know as they start the school year off right when using Google Classroom, or sorry, Google Docs. There, none of them are, are like mind-blowing, but I think there are a lot of little things that get overlooked. And so you're going to want to grab that free PDF. So if you want to, you can head over to sospodcast.org slash one to one, or just go to sospodcast.org. Up at the top, you'll see a link one to one. That will take you to our Eduro website, where you'll see all of our resources that we have available to support the one to one teacher. And there you can download your free copy of 10 hidden features for Google Docs that every student should know to start the year. It's a great place to go. That will be free until July 28th. So if you're listening to this after July 28th, too bad you missed out. Uh, But if you're listening to this before July 28th, you're going to want to run over there and download it. It's a great uh, quick PDF. And again, just really easy for you as a teacher. If you're getting ready to start the school year off with Google Docs uh, or Google suite of tools, just some easy tips and tricks to not forget about uh, with your students as you get them set up using um, Google Docs and the whole Google suite of tools. So again, that's sospodcast.org slash one, the number one, two, one. And you can find all of our resources there. 
Also, because our website is back up and ready to rock and roll, we also have a discounted course this week. Uh, It's the same course that was discounted last week. So until July 28th, you can pick up our Teaching with Google Classroom course for just $25. Another great resource uh, as you start the school year to be thinking about how am I going to manage and structure my Google Classroom. And you get to hear from other teachers. You get to hear from students. Uh, This was actually, this course was created by a teacher and we're actually have him as our guest today. So you're actually going to hear from the, in, uh, the creator of our course today in today's podcast. But you can go over uh, to, again, sospodcast.org slash 121. And for 25 bucks, you will get this. It's about a three-week course of teaching with Google Classroom, uh, teaching with Google Classroom course. Uh, it's about a hundred dollar value uh, that is now discounted for twenty five bucks. And I know you don't have time; you're enjoying your summer, but maybe go over there, buy the course now while it's on sale, and then come August, September, when you're ready to get back into your classroom, you'll know you'll have that course waiting there, and you can go in and download the materials, look at the research, and listen to some of the videos of different ways that these teachers have used Google Classroom uh, to structure their in the way they teach in a one-to-one classroom. And that's what I love. This week, um, we have, again, the creator of that course for us is Steve Murphy. And this week, I have a conversation with Steve about um, some tips and tricks that he used to set up Google Classroom in his. And now, I know that we the, the title of this is focusing on LMSs, which are learning management systems. And I don't care if you use Canvas or you use Blackboard or you use Google Classroom. If you're a one-to-one teacher, you need to use something. I like to call it a home base. And you're going to hear us talk about that today in the, in the podcast. But you need a place. And really what an LMS is, is it is your home base. It is your virtual classroom, as Steve likes to call it. Uh, where everything starts from in a one-to-one environment. So uh, St- I first met Steve uh, working at the Enumclaw School District, uh, and Steve and I have, have become friends. Uh, he's such a great, great guy. He is a high school social studies teacher, and what you're going to hear over and over, he was perfect as Enumclaw School District was getting ready to roll out their one-to-one. He was the perfect teacher as you want to start rolling out a one-to-one program is he has a a very growth mindset and you're going to hear, listen for it throughout the podcast. You hear his growth mindset coming through again and again about where he is in his own journey, understanding that he is, he's learning with his students and he's not afraid to take risks and try something. He's got some incredible stories of connecting his kids uh, globally as well. You'll get to hear some of that. And then we really start to dive into the way that he set up his Google classroom. And again, we're going to focus on Google Classroom because that's what Steve uses. But his tips and tricks work for all LMS systems, right? So I don't care if what you're using for a learning management system at your school. These all work. They're, they're just really solid tips and tricks for us as educators to be thinking about. Uh, and again, you can then go take the course where you'll go even more in depth. And he'll talk about some of the content that is in that course as well. Uh, so he's done an incredible job. He's starting his fourth year. This coming year will be his fourth year in a complete one-to-one classroom and using Google Classroom. So he's got some great uh, tips and tricks just tried and true working with kids and how he sets up his classroom. So I'm excited to get to the show. And with that, have a great summer. Enjoy your summer. Hopefully you're listening to this maybe in the car or maybe you're out for a run or wherever you're listening to this. Thanks again for tuning in and you're up for a great episode with Steve. So on with the show. 
All right, so we're going to get started here. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm here with uh, my good my good friend and uh, longtime uh, one-to-one classroom teacher. I mean, long time. It's been three years, four years you've been in a one-to-one Four, four, I think. Four, yeah, years. four years. Four years in a one-to-one classroom. Uh, Mr. Steve Murphy is joining me this morning. Thank you for taking time out of your busy summer. Uh, we were just catching up before we started recording that you're off to your uh, son's baseball uh, game tournament, uh, which you coach as well. So that's excited. Um, I'm just going to have you quickly introduce yourself uh, to the millions of listeners or 10. It's somewhere between <laughs> a million and 10 <laughs> that listen to us uh, ramble on all the time. Um, just uh, where are you from? School district? What do you teach? Uh, and we'll just go from there. So sounds good. Fifteen our school, Steve. So yeah, uh, Steve Murphy. I'm from Enumclaw High School. Uh, this will be my coming up. This next year will be my 13th year at Enumclaw High School. It'll be my 21st year teaching overall and 24th year coaching baseball, if you can believe that. Okay. Um, and so teaching social studies at Enumclaw High School, and in, uh, one of the instructional technology leaders, uh, helping with our one-to-one rollout uh, within the district in the last four or five years here, um, as well. I teach AP Human Geography, AP Government Politics, and United States History, and just really excited to continue the journey with using technology and one-to-one in the classroom. Yeah, and I want to dig in. I mean, we're gonna this this episode is really focused in on um, you know helping people think about as you start the new school year, what does your LMS look like, your learning management system, and some tips and tricks that over the last four years you've learned to prepare. But before we do that, I really want to, to dig into your classes because you're doing some incredible stuff. Um, and over the last four years, I've had the opportunity to be working with Eden Class School District with you and your colleagues down there. Uh, can you kind of talk about that, the system that your school district put in place to help as the one-to-one was coming to support teachers in the rollout and what that looked like from, from your end? Of things sure well I think the first time you and I met Jeff first time we got the chance to work together uh, we didn't have any one-to-one devices what we put together was oh, I don't even remember it was about six to eight Chromebook carts I think yeah okay, and we had uh, what we call connected classrooms and so I was one of the connected classroom teachers where we got a chance to have a class set of Chromebooks in the classroom and I uh, actually even started before that with the old HP laptops and doing things there, but uh, the Chromebooks were a difference maker. And so we got a chance to um, use those on a pretty much daily basis and uh, start to kind of change, I guess, by just substituting them for uh, other items that we were doing, textbooks or worksheets or, or whatever, but then uh, started moving our way towards that augmentation and modification and everything else. So, um, it, but I think one of the first lessons we did, one of the first uh, classes we did was getting a chance to connect with, connect globally with educators around the world. And so I did a a lesson where we got a chance to talk with teachers in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Um, And since that time, we've talked with uh, people in Haiti, talked with uh, groups in Uganda, uh, talked with a group in our young man in Nicaragua. And so it just is a, a difference maker. That's kind of the extreme portion of yeah. things. I mean, we were doing a lot of smaller things as well with sure. just shared documents or uh, communal kind of discussion groups and, 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 and such. But uh, that's been the, the big difference maker. All of a sudden, the, the best way to put it, I guess, is the walls come down, right? And all yeah. of a sudden, it's not just your four walls of your classroom, but it's the world that's the, the learning yeah. environment. And I remember that. Like, I remember, like, I could literally see when that, like, hit you for the first mm-hmm. time when you were just like, yeah. oh my gosh, something just changed. And you have taken, especially your human geography course uh, class and really expanded that. And same with uh, uh, AP, what's the AP, AP and we? 
Yeah. Oh, AP with we, yeah. Yeah, AP with yeah, me. Yeah, Can we you kind of talk about some of those both locally? I know you have done some amazing work locally and globally with those classes and how, um, you know, the technology has just allowed you, you and your students to just do some incredible stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we just finished up our second year with it and get excited about going into the next, the third year here. Don't know what it's going to look like yet, but that's part of learning, right? It's yeah. I love you it. don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, but the first year we got a chance to do, um, with freshmen human geography on dealing with food insecurity and hunger uh, both globally and locally and our focus main focus there was locally and so we put together our students put together a, a, a cooking class to teach those who are food insecure and hungry uh, in our local community how to cook and uh, they went through and and put that I guess the technology connection to that is uh, we had a social media group a group that was uh, putting together uh, Twitter feeds and Instagram posts and Facebook posts and uh, promoting it through that uh, realm. And, and so they got a chance to learn a lot about that. And the, this That's last cool. year, uh, our focus was on access to healthcare. So we helped uh, a surgeon from Uganda and his wife and doing work to try and build a hospital in the Uganda district there. And so we got a chance to do Google Hangout with them. And it's led to these freshman students in Enumclaw, one of which is still very much excited about trying to put together a documentary and be able to travel to Uganda uh, to be cool. able to interview the people of the Aganga district. Uh, but again, they did a lot of social media piece as well. I had one young, uh, a young girl who had never really done it before who wanted to put together an app. Uh, she never quite got to the app, but she learned coding and put together oh, an online cool. game to try and help fundraise. And so she's still working on that. And they're still very working cool. on that, even though the school year is done. So still That's getting awesome. information from them on that. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I just love it. There's just so many great... Uh, so many great things that you've done to, to literally knock down the wall for students. And what I love is like, for those of you that don't know Enumclaw, it's a population. 12,000. 12,000, small little community at the base of Mount Rainier. Gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous at the base of, uh, of uh, Mount Rainier. But the, the idea that here you have this small community, these kids that don't probably don't get a lot of opportunity to travel uh, very far outside of their own uh, community or even outside of the state are now like affecting change, you know, halfway around the world. And, yeah. and also locally too, like, you know, the whole, the whole food and security thing where, you, you know, students went out and partnered with local chefs uh, and mm -hmm. brought them in. I mean, it's just so, so cool of the things that you can do when you, you think beyond uh, the walls of your classroom. Well, we just finished the last year and we did our, um, our share out, our debrief with uh, our administration, with our superintendent and our director of curriculum and, and they had to put together a presentation to talk about that. And one of the things that they mentioned is we're not tremendously diverse in Enumclaw. So diversity mm. is, you know, trying to see the, the different cultures of the world and right. such has been fantastic and is eye-opening for them. So one of the things that every one of them mentioned was to our superintendent, director of curriculum, our principal, yeah. we think everybody in Enumclaw should have to take this class. Maybe not the, <laughs> AP, maybe not the AP version, but everybody yeah. should take this class because they realize world, they become more aware of what the world is out there. Oh, so I love that. Yeah, it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so for four years, Enumclaw has been bringing me in to work um, with the teachers as the role as the rollout has has happened and I'm, we're continuing that work this year and I'm really excited some of the stuff that your your district has planned um, can you kind of talk about what what that looked like from your end as far as like I think we met three times the first year and then like the idea of long-term professional development and, you know it wasn't a one-off I came in and did a keynote in two sessions and said see ya but this idea of like building relationships and, and having a long term what does that meant for you as a teacher in supporting your classroom? Oh, it's meant, it's meant everything for me. Uh, you know, and I think there's, you know, a number of other teachers around here that would say the same thing. I think 
I've gotten a chance to meet and work with you maybe more so than some of the other teachers, but if in an ideal situation, in an ideal circumstance, I think that would be the case for every teacher Yeah, is they get a chance to work with you that much because I think that's where when you talk about PD and you talk about sustaining it and making it work, it's got to be continuous. It's got to be yeah. something where you come back and you revisit it and you do it again. And, and there's a, a checkpoint, I guess, maybe a checkpoint is right. I don't know what that's the right word, but Hey, you see any of this time, here's what, let's see where we're at. And next time we come back yeah. as opposed to just throw all the information and go. And it's really exciting for about a month. And then you go right back to your old habits. So yeah, that's been the, the biggest thing for me is, I mean, it's clicked. Like you said, it kind of right, clicked yeah. for me, but I, I also, I mean, there's an element of, ah, I want to share with Jeff next time I see him yeah. you know, what, what, what we've been doing, but it's also yeah. just exciting in there. And very cool. Like you and I have talked, I still want to, I want to be further along than where I'm at, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's really helped my career. It's helped energize me with yeah, the things cool. that are going on. And so, yeah. yeah, it's been good. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's talk about uh, LMSs, learning management systems, and specifically Google Classroom. You are a Google Classroom school with the Chromebooks and everything. And Steve actually wrote our Google Classroom course for Edera Learning, which is on sale this week uh, for the next two weeks, actually. So you'll be able to do, uh, see that. But we're going to go through some of the tips and tricks that you've learned over the last couple of years of using Google Classroom, knowing that just last week they announced a bunch of a bunch of new things and it's summertime and none of us I'm still looking into you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I love, I get that email from Google and I'm like, Oh great. Now I've got to spend more hours trying to figure this stuff out. And my summer's already (laughs) packed with baseball games and uh, camping in my, my case, but um, very cool. All right. So let's get started. And um, one of the first things that, you know, we had the opportunity when we were down at, when I was down in Enumclaw to actually talk to some students and a lot of this came from students and from, you know, you back this up as well some of the things you're seeing in the classroom. But I think one of the, one of the first things uh, that students uh, have said, and the thing that I know that I try to help teachers understand, is the use of scheduled release of content. You know, that when, well, no matter what your LMS is, we're gonna be talking about Google Classroom, but if you're using Canvas or Blackboard, they all pretty much work the same. But the idea that, you know, if you're going to put an assignment up or an announcement up, have it actually drop or have the kids be able to view it at the time they need it. Uh, one of the things that I hear from students a lot is like they're sitting in first period and their sixth period teacher, you know, pushes something out and all of a sudden they're like, well, crap, that's sixth period and I'm in first period and what, what, what's important? And so helping kids do that, what do you see with that and how do you help to try to minimize that idea of getting content to kids when they need it? Well, not to get too specific, I guess, about Google Classroom, but I, I try and do that as much as I can. I try and use the scheduling feature. The, the yeah. downside is, is if you have two or more sections of a particular class, you can't schedule. You have to, schedule. Yeah. You have to go in and do it individually for each one. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something, I guess, as people get more familiar with Google Classroom, they'll find, or maybe that's a change they'll make <laughs> down yeah. the road. But yeah, uh, what, what, what we've noticed or what I've noticed is they, they get so inundated and, and like you and I have talked before also, this isn't a email generation, right. right? They're not an email generation. So they don't look at emails. So they get emails every time of, of, of something's posted or right. whatever. And not only do they not look at it, but because they get so many of them, they quit paying attention to any of them. Yep. So there's a lot of times where, uh, so what I've tried to do in my class anyways, is I've tried to eliminate, I just tell them to turn off the emails and just try and teach them that it's your responsibility to check classroom, just like mm-hmm. you would come to class just like you would go into class. So that's been the biggest thing for me, but as much as I possibly can, I do try and schedule them. So yeah. like you're exactly talking about rather yeah. than doing it all at once and they get them all at one time, Yeah. but trying to teach just that protocol or that responsibility, cause they're trying to shift as well to this right, sure. virtual classroom 
scenario. They're just not, many of them aren't used to it, aren't ready for it, but you know, just kind of the concept, some of them, the overachievers will check every class, you know, at seven 30 in the morning. Right. Yeah. I and mean, they'll check every class to see what they got going. And you can't stop them anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's part of the reason you might not want to post it then is they might have the assignment done before they even come to class. Something you want to do in class because they don't know what to do. But uh, that, that's been the biggest thing I think is just teaching them when they're gone or whenever that is your responsibility to go to classroom, scroll through the stream, see what's been posted for that yeah. day. And I, there. And I, I love that. Under, yeah. I love that understanding of they're not an email generation, just shut off the notifications. They're not going to check them anyways. And to your point, they get so many of them yeah. that they just, they ignore them. Like we all do. We all ignore spam emails. Right. And to them it becomes spammy, you know? And so they just, then they just don't pay attention to any of it. And if you're a teacher relying on students to get that email notification, it's probably the wrong approach. <laughs> oh, it's not going to work. Uh, it's yeah. not going to work. So yeah, if anybody out there has got any kind of suggestions for me as to how to communicate with, you know, the teenagers of 2018, 19. Yeah. Ask it because yeah, you send them, if they'll send you an email. Oh, for sure. Ask it a question. You respond in five minutes and they'll come in the next day going, did you get my email? <laughs> that's, the, that's not how email works. We got to talk about how this, this, right. how this works. I love that. Um, all right. So one of the other tips then is um, trying to separate actionable tasks from announcements. So the idea of assignments or I want students to actually do something, right? An actionable task versus an announcement in classroom. And I know that almost all LMSs are the same. They kind of run in a stream and, you know, the, just that constantly gets longer. So what are some tips that you do or what are things that you do to help students understand, okay, this is something, this is an assignment or an actionable task you need to complete. And this is an announcement that's like need to know information. Again, I know you know, all LMSs are pretty much the same, but you know, a little bit different, but speaking to Google Classroom, you do have different options. And you have options of choose an announcement or assignment or question or whatever that's posted there. But really for us in my classroom, what becomes the protocol is Number one, start everything that's posted on there with the date in which we do mm -hmm. it. So there's a labeling protocol uh, to make sure that if they're gone on any given day, they know what it is that they missed. So I don't count on just when it's posted that date. I put the date actually in the title, what's there. Mm -hmm. That's and cool. What I've, what I've told them or what we've talked about is anytime I put a due date, because you have the option of putting a due date on an assignment in, in Google Classroom or not putting a due date on there. If I don't put a due date, then it's probably an in-class activity. I expect them to do for discussion purposes or for learning sake, not for grade, yeah. not for whatever you know, the grade piece is. And we talk about that all the time in the classroom is that if you focus on your learning, your grade will take care of itself. If you focus on your grade, you won't learn anything. Yeah. So focus on the, the learning piece. But but fact of the matter is they do get graded. They get graded on some things. So they know that if there's a due date on it, which then Google Classroom automatically puts on their calendar and they have right. a due date that's there. Um, and it's also on the stream showing that it's coming up and so on. Then they know that that's going in the grade book. So if there's no due date, then it's a discussion in class, class participation type of thing or an announcement. But if yeah. there's a due date, then that's a graded, graded actionable task. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that you've come up with a, a labeling protocol for yourself and for your students because you can train them, right? Like you train them. Like if it starts with a due date or if it starts with a date, this is an actual item. If it doesn't, then it's not. It's something that's an announcement or we're going to be using in class. And even just the way you title the announcement, the right. assignment, whatever that label is, if you can get into a routine, you can literally train your students 
to start recognizing that. And it's easier for everybody. It's easier for you. It's easier for them rather than trying to always come up with a funny title, you know, get yeah. into a routine uh, of what, uh, of what you label assignments and, and announcements. I like and that. First, first month is key. I mean, you have to, you have to just make sure they get that and they understand it the first couple of weeks, the first month, and then by, you know, Christmas time or so. I mean, everything, yeah. everything, everything's good to go. So. Yeah. You're rocking and rolling. Yeah. I like that. Um, the other thing, the other tip I think we were talking about before we started recording here was treat your LMS like a home base. Like, you know, one of the things um, I talk about a lot with teachers is like, you need to have one point of contact for your students and then send them out to the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, and for, for better or for worse, for majority of teachers, that, that is your, your LMS, your learning management system, where you send teachers, you send your students there, and then from there, they go research the web, or from there, they go and fill out Padlet or Flipgrid or whatever else yep. you're gonna go, but you start there at your home base. How do you, how do you use that as far as like, for both in-class, because you're talking about even using it for in-class, it's, you know, Google Classroom isn't just something that is assignments you're gonna be doing at home or homework assignments, but you also really use it as an in-class way to get information out to kids as well. Yeah, we use it every minute of every class. I mean, we, we're, we have Promethean boards right now, we're gonna be moving into a new school where we're gonna have projectors and, um, touchpad, you know, Chromebooks, things like that. So, but um, that's where I post my agenda. That's where I post what we're doing. That's where we run through. Everything runs through that. So I think the big realization for me, and I don't know if this works for other people out there or not, but the big realization for me was just the idea that this is my virtual classroom. This mm -hmm. is where I'm accepting work. This is the turn in box. Yeah. This is when I, when I send it and return work to them through Google Classroom, that's me handing it back and putting it on their desk. Uh, every, everything we're doing is on classroom. And so yeah. in, in this, in some sense, I mean, we can never simulate or, uh, um, I guess make, make work the in personal interaction that that's always significant, but in some sense we could be doing this virtually, we could be doing yeah. this online. And then, so that, that's how we run it. And we just do it that way by starting class. I mean, I'll talk with them. We'll talk about all the different things going on in the day and everything. Uh, but I run it by showing them on Google Classroom where we're going. I don't ever send them to a separate link of, of Flipgrid or of Padlet or everything yeah. starts with Classroom and then it goes out from there. Hmm. So any assignment that we do, readings that we do, anything starts there and then they go out from that particular spot. Hmm. And so it, it becomes much more simple. Yeah, I guess we I like that. that. Less things for me as the educator to manage and less things to confuse them as to where they need to go. They know that that's always their starting point. So yeah. again, that's the protocol to start class. Start classes. You know, it used to be pen, pencil, or pen, yeah. whatever, paper on your <laughs> yeah. desk and ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that, now it's, it's Chromebook open and to Google Classroom. That's, oh, very that's, cool. You know, we, we, that's, that's the protocol that you're expected to have. Yeah. No. I love that. I love that just in-class protocol of saying this is where we start. Right. Talk a little bit because you touched on it, you know, that you could be running this, this, you know, really you're to the point where you could pretty much teach your class virtually except for that relationship piece. Correct. And we know it's that relationship piece that is what makes teaching teaching. How has being one-to-one -one and using something like Google Classroom to get that stuff off, have you found that you've had deeper conversations with kids or deeper classroom discussions because you've been able to like almost, you know, I, I hate to use the word farm out, but you've been able to like push some of this stuff into other areas that it's opened up that, that ability to form relationships and have deeper conversations within your classroom. I think, I think, uh, I think we're still learning in that regard, yeah. you know, especially, I don't know if that's, you know, globally, we're right. still learning because of where we're at with technology and such, or if that's just 
you know, in Inclaw, because we're new in the one-to-one -one districts or just my classroom, I'm not sure. But speaking personally for me, I'm still learning about that piece of adding the discussion, you know, the, yeah. the, the oral discussion. Right. What I will say is what I've loved in the last three or four years is I've felt, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago that when you're having a class discussion, you feel really good about the three or four kids you're having a conversation with. Yeah. But the others, you're not sure if they're even listening, paying attention or what's going on. So now all of a sudden we watch a, you know, a video clip or we do a reading and we have to respond and we do a, a shared Google document where they need to you know, make comments using the comment feature of shared Google doc, or they add comments to a shared document in some way. Now all of a sudden I'm getting voice and hearing voice, student voice from mm. every student in class. So yeah. the student that I didn't even think was paying attention might add the most intellectual, thoughtful comment yeah. everybody in class and it's like holy cow that's that's, yeah. awesome. that's awesome so so in that regard i feel like i'm hearing from more students that's cool i'm, I'm not so sure I, in some ways it's probably enhanced our discussion because they've put it out there online and now right. they feel a little bit more comfortable about adding it verbally to yeah. class that they're that they because people have responded to it well that way um but i think we're still learning i think the students are still learning i think they're still learning that piece as well because they do so mm -hmm. much behind the screen right. They do yeah. so much there that, you know, all of a sudden now it's rather than teaching them how to do things online, it's almost reversed. Yeah. It's almost now teaching them how to do things interpersonally, face yeah. to face. And I love that. So, you know, that's yeah. And that's, that's the reason why we want kids to come to school, right? That personal, you know, those conversations that you can't like, it, right. We, we talk about this, you know, as a global company, we just had our Eduro retreat where everybody was here face to face. And for a week, we got to sit in a room face to face, you know, Kim, Chrissy, myself, you know, Marissa, like we were all face to face. And then it happens once a year that we're all in the same room face to face. And we keep coming back all week to say, like, how do we replicate this online? And you can't. No. There are some things that you give up when you're online. And that's just you have to deal with that you can't physically be in the same time zone doing the same thing in the same room if that just that's something that gives and so how do we make sure that schools are the place where we get to be together physically and use that time to have those deep rich conversations build relationships work on the interpersonal skills that are so important uh today yeah, i love I, that i think it's i think it's imperative that we yeah. continue to do that i mean if, if not I, I do see some some of the students that are really engaging in the online version of things almost start to have that approach. You know, yeah. their, their attendance is starting to not be as, as good because it's almost like, oh, I can just, I'll just do it at home. Do I'll it at home. It at yeah. home. Mm. And in that sense, they can, they can take care yeah. of the checkmark box pieces, but exactly. they can't, they're not communicating in the same yeah. way. So that part, yeah. we got to figure that out. I like that. I like that. Um, next tip, uh, keep it clean. Uh, how do you keep, how do you keep your Google classroom clutter free? Uh, and try to keep it as clean as possible for kids. Cause you know, by the time you hit, by the time you hit winter break, that thing is <laughs> full of all kinds of uh, past assignments, due dates and stuff. So what are some tips and tricks that you do to try to keep it as clean as possible for kids? Well, I, I, I keep a, a year long, you know, uh, stream, I guess going, but we are always at the top of the stream. So mm -hmm. however the stream rolls, it rolls down behind, you know, we obviously have every classroom, every school, every, every, department, district, whatever, has different kind of policies on missing work, late work, absent work, things like that. But I want to have a record of what's there. And yeah. I mean, that'd, that'd even lead us into a you know, discussion we're going to get to in a, you know, five, 10 minutes or so, but you know, about archiving previous classes. Right. Uh, but I, I just keep, so try and keep it as clean as possible by that labeling protocol, by the dates yeah. 
that are on there and and it's always the most recent at the top of the stream so if a, a student's you know needing to know what work that they're missing or what's going on they know to start at the top of the stream and scroll back through mm -hmm. and i try not to post you know this minutia type of comments i mean it's, it's, right, it's only yeah. things that are you know relevant you know added websites or added readings that you know enhance what we're doing yeah and i don't know if this would be a good time to talk about it but i also i do leave it open on google classroom for students to post yeah so um, they have the ability and i haven't had any issues with it i haven't had any issues with students posting any inappropriate things or anything yeah uh, but i you know we were talking before we started the podcast here that i will come in and you know a morning and all of a sudden i'll look at my stream getting ready for the day and i'm like well, what's that yeah <laughs> i didn't I, I didn't post that what is that oh well, that's so-and-so in class who found a connection to what we're doing and wanted their classmates to have that, you know, website or have that link. And so they've gone on and they've made a post on the stream to say, hey, take a look at this that, you know, helps us learn more about what's going on. So I think that's a great way to engage students in, in, in what's there. But, you know, anything that is on classroom that is no longer needed that might be a time sensitive thing might be just for a couple of days. Yeah, we'll go yeah. back and remove it and get rid of it. But yeah, any, anything else that's significant part of part of our content i leave for the, the school year hmm. and as far as reducing the clutter for me as a teacher then yeah then it's at the end of the year it's archiving them and starting over so yeah new ones, so. yeah talk about that a little bit because that is our next tip is that idea of archiving so at the end of every year you so you start every year with a clean classroom or a okay. clean a clean yeah. canvas right like yeah, a, yeah yeah i do yeah. i do i try i try and get rid of everything else and you know we have um I guess what would it be? It would be teach, teacher learning Google Classrooms as well, as well yeah. as not just the ones I'm running for my students, but ones right. that maybe my colleagues and I are doing where we're posting things together with, with one another. But I do try and clean it up so we get rid of previous year's ones. But I don't want to delete them yeah. because they're a resource. Right. So they're a resource in two ways, like archive classes. I have last year's stream of what's going on. It's like what, 20 years ago, it would be the, the plan book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> be the, the hard copy plan book that I go back yeah. and go, all right, well, what did I do on, you know, October 3rd? Okay, well, yeah. I did this. And I use that as a resource. And besides the fact that the posting with instructions, all that stuff is there. And so yeah. I, I sometimes use it exactly how I used it the year before. But a lot of times I'll look at it and go, oh, man, I should have added this. And so yeah. I go back and I can, I can look at that. So that part's, I use it kind of as a planning guide and, and to remember what I had done the previous year for the same course. And then I, I use it as a resource to be able to pull some of that information. Now, yeah. the other thing is, and, and I haven't done, I'm still, I would say not an expert at this, but I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm always learning yeah. know, with this. And uh, you have students that have turned in work to you mm. throughout the course of the year. And so they've turned in work through Google Classroom. And when they turn in their work to you, they have given up ownership of it. Right. So I, as the teacher now own it. So they don't have access to it other than like as a, read-only type of scenario right so i know what a lot of teachers do is they go back through seems like it's, it's a decent amount of work but they go back through and they return their work to the students so that because it's their original content their right. original work they return it to them so that they have access to it hmm. so that that's you know something you can go through and do and, yeah. and you can go through and, and the other piece i guess is you can go you go through and delete your students or get your students out of that classroom otherwise they continue to have access to everything that's there yeah. Which so, isn't a bad thing. It's just like it clutters up their classroom view, correct. right? Like yeah, it's not they, like you're trying to say you're out of my class, get out of here. But yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you know, by the time you're years. yeah, by the time you're a senior, you've got like three hundred yeah. <laughs> Google classrooms on your 
on yeah. your dashboard. So yeah, yeah, so then get rid of that. Really and then cool. on, on Classroom on the left-hand side where you choose your different classes, down at the bottom is a link that says archived classes. So mm. I, a lot of times, you know, when I was first doing it, I, I archived it and then I didn't know where they were. Yeah, you click on that and it goes to the archive class. Oh, that's cool. That's but, cool. And so if you're uh, talking about that again, when you're putting in choosing a new assignment for the current year, of the choices, you have announcement, you have assignment, you have questions, you have reuse post. Uh-huh. So you can reuse post from a, 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 a class, like let's say you're teaching a class and, and one of your other courses is a lesson that you're like, well, I really like these out in this one. You can reuse yeah. post and just pull it from there. Yeah. Or you can reuse post and pull it from archive classes. Like so that. you go back to the previous year and you just you know, pull that yeah. item from there. So. Yeah, and I love that, and I love I love the idea of like like you said, like using it like a plan book from years past. You know, when you start with a blank canvas, and one of the things we we one of the things that I've seen teachers fall in the trap is they just go back through and they just you know change the dates for the new year and use the same classroom. The problem is, is I think a your students are different, your pacing is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You don't really know, and you don't want to get caught into that. We we are not going one to one to quote unquote, go through a curriculum. <laughs> you know, right. we want to have the flexibility of like, okay, these year's students are different. That, that assignment might work. I can pull that assignment over, but I might have to create a new assignment because we've gone in a different direction. The world has changed. The conversation has changed. And so it, I love that by every year, you know, archiving your old class, start fresh. You give yourself the ability to pull from the old, but also create the new to continue yourself moving forward as well and not get stuck in like, okay, today's page three, today's page four, right. today's page five. So that's, I love that. When you talk about cleaning up your classroom, maybe this speaks to that as well. So the other reason I started new is what I don't want is I don't want September through June's assignments on my stream in September. Right. So, so when the kids, when the students roll in on, in September, the beginning of September, first day of school, the only thing on the entire stream is the welcome for day one and day one's assignment. Yeah. Day two's won't even be posted until day two and day three yeah. won't be posted. So I don't want to go through and, you know, just post everything. <laughs> yeah, and then here's the school year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, it then becomes a, just a work your way through the modules on your yeah. own and, you know, a student could work through the first month in, in a week and I, yeah, I don't want that. I want them to yeah. be in, in line with yeah. what we're doing. So. I love that. I love that. Well, as we wrap up, as I mentioned, um, you actually wrote the Google Classroom course for us to do Dura Learning, which thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, so within within the course, we talk about a lot of this stuff in the course yeah. as well. And um, the course is really, and I forget, is it about three weeks to get through? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, about three week, about yeah, a three yeah. week course. Um, can you kind of talk about like how was it set up? I think you did you interview other teachers and kind of what they how they set it up. How they use Google yeah. Classroom? Yeah, you know, there's 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 looking into learning management systems, all of them. I mean, it's yeah. focused on Google Classroom because that's what I'm familiar with, and that's what we're we've been using in the Inclus School District. But it's focusing on just in general uh, LMS systems and how you use them, and this kind of concept of it becoming the virtual classroom. But there's research and resources out there to look into, not just information from me. But yeah, yeah. absolutely, I got um, feedback from other teachers. I believe there's a few. Uh, interviews there or, or testimonials, if you yeah, will, testimonials, of how, yeah. how they've used them, but yeah. also from students, also cool. from uh, students and how it's changed for them. Uh, one student, I think in particular, that was one of the ones that I had in class, I think I had her two years in a row. And one of the ones that when we first did this was like, you know, type A, like, I like don't change things on me. Yeah. Like, don't change things on me. I don't like this. And by the time she graduated her senior year, she was loving it. She, she uh, cool. the, the 
greatest thing ever. And so if from her perspective, which I think is important for us as educators uh, to do is to make sure that we're hearing feedback from our students as to what works for them. And, and what's there. Yeah. But yeah. So. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate that. That's so awesome. And we'll make sure there's a link in the show notes uh, where you can go and get the discount of the Google Classroom course for the next two weeks. Uh, and of course, you can uh, find Steve everywhere out there. So do you want to, uh, so Twitter handle? Uh, Murphy Husky one. Husky, Murphy one. Husky one. Yeah. So, Mur so Murphy he, Husky one. Yeah. Murphy Husky one. So we'll make sure it's all in the show notes, but uh, he graduated from the University of Washington. I'm a Washington State guy. So uh, we have a nice little little rivalry there once in a while. Um, yeah, you notice how I didn't get excited about my Twitter handle right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you made it to the College World Series this year, so. Yes, we did. Congrats. It was congrats quick, quick, quickly over, but yeah, we did. Quickly over, but we got, made it that far. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. All right, but uh, thank you for spending some time uh, chatting with us today all about LMSs and just about your approach uh, to the one one classroom. Really appreciate it, Steve. And I will be seeing you, I think, like, first, second week of August. I think I'm down there. So okay. uh, I'll definitely, we'll uh, go out and I will pay you with a nice beverage for, for taking time out of your summer. Sounds uh, perfect. This with me. All right, man. Perfect. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it, man. Okay. No worries. Thank you for listening to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Shifting Our Schools is part of the Eduro Learning Podcast Network. For more great content, visit sospodcast.org or follow us at Eduro Learning on Facebook and Twitter. Leave a review, rate, and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.